All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the State of Customer Storytelling podcast brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Uh, This is the podcast that is all about helping you as a B2B marketing leader get the download on the most current practices related to all things customer storytelling. Today, we have a, a shorter solo episode with myself, your host, Sam Shepler. Uh, Quick background on me, I've been working in the customer advocacy field for about six years now, and I'm the founder of Testimonial Hero. Um, And Testimonial Hero is the sponsor of this podcast, and, you know, Testimonial Hero is a service that is the easiest way for B2B marketing leaders to create highest quality customer testimonial videos and other customer video content and micro content. So for this solo episode, I thought it would be fun to ask myself some of the common questions that I typically ask other guests on the show and then answer them, you know, myself from my perspective. So I'll just uh, ask the question as if I'm interviewing myself and then I'll, I'll give my answer. All right. So to kick us off, first question What's the big deal with customer stories? Why do customer stories really matter in B2B? So first and foremost, um, you know, customer stories build trust and credibility. And everything starts with trust and credibility, right? If you don't have uh, a certain you know, threshold of trust, the lead is never going to convert in the first place or it's going to get you know, stuck in, in the funnel. And you know, really, trust and credibility is the grease that keeps everything moving. Um, and you know, customer stories are just one of the best ways uh, to make sure you have that trust and credibility. You know, even more than that though, they're just often more interesting, they're more engaging. So you know, taking trust and credibility aside, there's just something about hearing from a peer um, that, you know, versus kind of you know, hearing from a marketer or a sales rep, that we as listeners or as prospects, we get much more absorbed in, in a way that we wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, with, with content marketing, right, from, from marketers. So, it, you know, so first and foremost, tr- they build trust and credibility. Second, they cut through the noise, you know, independent of that trust, it just, it stands out because it's different. You know, people um, are very used to, you know, getting messages from our marketing team and our sales team, you know, and, you know, have seen, you know, ads and, and articles and everything. But, you know, at this point, you know, in many respects, B2B buyers are bombarded with that stuff. But when you can actually put customers at the center of your story, you know, it cuts through the noise. So customer voice and the voice of the customer in that story cuts through the noise, um, even if it's not, you know, uh, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in you know, a, a traditional endorsement, right? It's just injecting the voice of the customer in all your marketing materials, um, you know, absolutely, you know, stands out. And that's important because right now, you know, it's noisier than ever right now, um, you know, in, in all uh, marketplaces, but especially in B2B. And then uh, third for, you know, why do customer stories matter? Customer stories, um, you know, matter because they can be a real competitive advantage. 
think about it in this sense. So, you know, your competitors can sort of copy your entire marketing site. They can really kind of copy your value proposition and the language you use, and they can copy your colors of of your of your brand. And and they can, you know, if you're a software company, they can copy your features. They, they can anything you know along that line can be replicated. But one thing that you know your um, competitors cannot copy is you know your customer story. So uh, if you have a robust library of you know really relevant, really accessible, um, you know authentic and you know, you know truly valuable customer stories and you know video and and other formats, um, that is in many respects a moat and a you know differentiation and a competitive advantage um, because. Again, you know, a lot of things can be copied, but uh, customer stories, you know, they they really can't. So, uh, so that all those things, that's why customer stories. Um, actually, that's just three of the top reasons. There's many, many more, but those are you know probably off the top of my head, my top three reasons why customer stories matter so much uh, in B two B. You know, building trust and credibility. They're simply more interesting. They cut through the noise, and then they are also a competitive advantage. Second question um, is how have you seen customer storytelling um, change over the course of your career and kind of what changes do you see? So um, one thing that I have really noticed, particularly particularly in the you know past two years or so, um, is you know for for customer content, you know we're, we're really moving from you know, the, let's say the olden days were, you know, it was way more about, you know, a, a monolithic um, content piece. And we're really moving to um, a whole much more snackable, um, you know, atomized idea of content. And that, you know, that's allowing prospects to really consume at their leisure throughout the entire buyer journey uh, in, in smaller bites. Um, so basically, you know, it, it used to be somewhat more that, uh, like a customer video or a written case study was like a tactic that you used at a specific point in, you know, later in the funnel. Um, and now it really like, it, it's much more broader than that. And it's like customer content is just another content source. It's another medium. And I think the best companies are really injecting uh, customer content and customer voice, you know, through especially through videos, um, throughout all stages of the buyer journey, right? So, and it, and it, everything is getting, you know, y- you know, more more atomized, more snackable, with you know, more focus on micro content because that's just the way that you know we you know generally like to consume you know media these days. That's just kind of kind of where you know most um, you know most things are trending. Um, so. So, so that's the first thing I've seen change. It's like, it's we're moving away from this sort of like focus on like this big monolithic, like one and done situation to more of a, you know, full funnel approach, more of like thinking about it at a very broad strategic high level with customer content uh, and actually having like a customer content strategy. And, and really that that is like, if I was going to draw a distinction between like the, the old days and, and current and the future, I would say like old days was like, what video testimonials do we need or something? Now, current, it's what is our customer video strategy? So it's less about, you know, a specific 
tactical execution of like a testimonial quota and more about, you know, the strategy and then, you know, how do we best align with the strategy with all of the micro content that we need to support it? Well, less about the specific tactics, you know, well, and the tactics are important, but like everything starts with the strategy. And so people are thinking about it much more strategically, uh, at least the best, um, best marketing teams are. And, you know, with that, another thing is, you know, more, I mentioned the full funnel approach, right? That is another thing I think is changing. It used to be much more about, you know, checking the box at the, you know, later mid funnel around like, do we have our case studies to use in, you know, mid end of the funnel? And now it's more like, you know, how can, again, how can we, you know, inject customer voice and customer content throughout the entire buyer journey or throughout the entire funnel, right? So that I think is a big um, shift and, and, um, and that's good for buyers because I mean that buyers, B2B buyers are driving that shift because their buying habits are changing. They're, um, you know, I forget the, the stat or the study, but there were, it was a couple of years ago uh, and it was basically the point was something like 80% of the buying process is uh, has been completed now in B2B before the B2B buyer talks to a sales rep. So essentially that the, the, this idea that you know people want to self-serve, buyers you know want to self-serve more. They you know they're doing their own research. They expect to be able to do their own research and consume content at their own pace. And where in the old days it was like people were much more willing to just get on a call kind of take, listen to the sales rep and it was, you know, the sales rep honestly just had the, often the power to straight up, you know, persuade them easier. Uh, and now people are, you know, buyers are way more educated about everything because all the information is out there. And, um, you know, so then as marketers, you know, how can, if, you know, and, and frankly, that's how I like to buy. That's how we all like to buy. Right. So like, how can we, you know, give, give buyers the experience they want and let them actually consume customer content. And it's, it's the answer is really, again, going back to that full funnel approach is thinking at every stage in the buyer journey, what are the QFDs, the questions, fears, and doubts that at that stage, you know, the buyer would want and how can we address them through the voice of the customer, right? Because that's just so much more credible. So I think, yeah, that is, that is a super, uh, super important approach. Um, so next question that I like to ask guests, if I'm a marketing leader, how should I think about setting a customer story strategy? What's the process to think through or how do I actually go about that? So how do I set, you know, how, how should I set a, a customer story strategy or customer content strategy? So. This is a question I always, I often ask and have some awesome answers on this. I think uh, that have really informed the way I think about it as well. So I definitely encourage people to listen to all past episodes because I ask this question of almost every single guest. Um, and my answer here is, you know, which I think is pretty similar uh, to some other folks is it all starts first with aligning with, you know, your go-to-market strategy and your, you know, key strategic priorities. So you have to start from, you know, knowing the, the strategy first at a high level in terms of like, you know, your marketing strategy or, or your, or your go-to-market strategy. And then only once, you know, that is really clear, then you think of, all right, well, where does, 
where do customer stories, customer content, you know, support this? And, you know, where are, essentially are the gaps or, you know, where, you know, where are the gaps where like we're actually straight up missing, you know, content and, and we really need uh, customer content um, or else, you know, the pipeline, we're just like, there's a block in our pipeline and we're just, you know, it's really decreasing pipeline velocity or conversely, where can I, you know, actually use customer content to just be a, be an accelerant and really speed up uh, the pipeline velocity? Because actually, in many cases, companies, you know, don't have a, a lead generation problem as much as they have a pipeline velocity problem. If they actually, you know, could fix their pipeline velocity, um, they could, you know, you can then you can, you know, stop worrying so much about you know, kind of stuffing unqualified leads at the top of the funnel. And one of the best ways to improve your your uh, pipeline velocity is to figure out where things are getting stuck and then, you know, understand what the questions, fears, and doubts from prospects are at that particular stuck stage. And then, you know, figure out like, okay, how can I address this, you know, through the voice of, the, of customers, right? Um, because again, we as we talked about earlier, you know, it's, you know, more credible, and it also, you know, really cuts through the noise and it's just more engaging. So um, another thing that we can't not mention when we talk about strategy is, um, you know, building out a sort of, you know, uh, matrix of different uh, product use cases, as well as buyer personas, as well as, um, you know, industry verticals. So, you know, you can sort of think about this. You have your different use cases for how people are actually taking advantage of, you know, your, your product. Then you have your different like personas and then you have like what industry they're in, right? So like ideally you want to, um, you know, understand, you know, and, and you, can, you can also, you can prioritize, you can kind of rank those and you can prioritize, you know, what's, what's most important to you. So if you know, like, you know, based again, based on figuring out, you know, your go to market and your strategic priorities, um, if you know that, you know, we you particularly, you know, the priority is X use case with Y persona in Z industry, then uh, that is incredibly valuable because then you can actually prioritize the customer content that is going to support that. Um, but it really does help to map it all out. So um, that I think is 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 super helpful. And again, it doesn't. It's not you know incredibly complicated. It's really just asking yourself, you know, do I have content for you know, do I have customer content to support all the use cases, you know, all the personas and all of my industries, and you know, what are my priorities within that mix? And understanding that can really go a long ways to you know realizing what customer content is actually going to move the needle for you right because you know you you know time is limited resources are limited and you want to um, you know create more customer videos um, various types of customer content around the highest leverage stories uh, that your you know rest of your marketing team your sales team can actually use um, so that's super important um, to think about. All right. So question four, um, this will be the last question for this, you know, mini episode here. How does one identify you know, which customers to actually, you know, feature uh, internally or like in, in the videos, right? How do you decide? So, you know, first, obviously, 
aligning on, on the strategy as we just talked about that um, around, okay, like what is the, you know, what is the persona and industry and uh, use case demographic that, you know, I should prioritize based on my other stuff. Uh, however, in terms of actually, you know, figuring out who that is, you know, um, there's a couple, um, couple tips. Uh, first, uh, once you know who that is, you know, you can, you know, actually do some third-party review mining. So you may want to mine third-party reviews um, on sites like, you know, G2, TrustRadius, et cetera, um, you know, for customers with great stories, right? Because customers who are uh, leaving, you know, you know, a good review and also, you know, even more importantly, have a really interesting story in the review as well, good use case that aligns, that is a really good way to figure out, um, you know, who you should feature. Of course, there's also uh, NPS score mining. So kind of similar idea, exact, you know, very similar. You can look at your NPS data, um, infer who would be great to feature from that. If you have a, a system for uh, internal health score, um, if you track uh, customer health score in your customer success platform, um, that can be a good uh, data point as well. And then also, you know, just kind of hand-to-hand, you know, good old-fashioned meetings with, uh, you know, hand-to-hand combat, as they say, in terms of just like getting out there, you know, talking to people. Um, doesn't like it doesn't all have to be automated. Sometimes you just need a, you know, set a meeting with your customer success team, and you know, get the conversation going. And you know, maybe in some cases your sales team as well, and and try to figure out based on you know what your goals are, who they think would be you know great candidates uh, to feature. And then uh, last and not least, check and see if you already have um, some built-in uh, agreements actually with customers. So it's possible that uh, you might have some customers uh, who have already agreed to be featured, at, you know, pending satisfaction as part of their sales contract. Um, you know, that is something that you know happens quite a bit uh, in terms of if a prospect is wants a discount. You know, uh, sales will come back to them and say, "Okay, we can give you that discount, but." Pending satisfaction, you know, would you, uh, assuming everything goes great, would you, you know, do a case study, right? Would you be a reference, right? So just getting clear on like the people that um, have already agreed to maybe do a, a video testimonial or a, or a case study, right? So, and that, and I think also that is a, that is a key point. You know, we, we often know who is available to, to do a reference, but we also have to like a reference call or whatnot, but we also, as you know, customer marketers and advocate marketers, have to be careful about managing reference burnout, right? So, one of the best ways, um, in my experience, to avoid reference burnout is actually, as soon as it makes sense, capture you know our, that reference story in a customer video or a series of customer videos, you know, a whole snackable micro content uh, series, and then. You're actually able to deflect the majority of those reference call situations because after your prospect you know, watches uh, the customer content uh, that you know you only had to record once, um, you know, there's just really usually not a lot of need uh, for uh, the reference call because 
90% of reference calls, 95% of them, you know, they're asking, you know, the same questions, right? So it's pretty easy to kind of create something that will, you know, you can do once and it'll, it'll work for the majority of situations and you avoid uh, the reference burnout. All right. So that is a wrap on the solo episode. If you enjoyed that, let me know. And as always, this is the state of customer storytelling and we'll see you in the next episode.